Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I am joined by the hellbent vixen, Viva Van. So how are you today? I'm doing great today. How are you doing? I'm fantastic to be speaking with you. You have had a absolute whirlwind of a year, my friend. And <laughs> to cap it all off, we are on the heels of the release of the 2022 PWI Women's 150 edition, which featured, of course, your official debut on the list coming in at in the in the top third, impressively number 50. So mm -hmm. can you please share your initial reaction to not only receiving this honor, but also making your debut on the list? It feels really good. Um, it just feels like all my hard work is finally being noticed. Because like for years, I, I would look at the list. I didn't make it. I didn't make it this year. It's okay. Just got to keep working. Got to keep working. And finally, we're here. But I did not expect to make it 50 on my first year. <laughs> I must say it is definitely, definitely well-deserved. I mean, you are the five belt collector. You, like, honestly, you really are fully encapsulate the face of the West. There is a reason that you are. And I feel like this achievement really validates that even more. And we kind of do a watch list feature here on WrestleZone. So, I mean, talking about the last year, all these accomplishments you've racked up, is there one particular match of yours that stands out to you or you feel really proud of and why? I think I can't really, like, pinpoint one. I always get stuck when I get asked this question. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like there's just something about PCW Ultra and Defy, like, all my matches there have been so meaningful there. And I'm so grateful to be a regular at Defy, to be the first woman to bring a title there. And then now, like, just being able to rep West Coast overall. Because um, that was one of the things that I noticed uh, in the previous years. There, were, there weren't that many West Coast wrestlers on it. Yeah, I feel like that's a trend that I've noticed myself, too. And I know the last time I talked to you on my own channel, we were kind of talking about, like, the struggles of West Coast versus East Coast, because there is a lot of buzz definitely here on the East Coast where I am. But on the West Coast, you know, for some reason, like Vegas, Arizona, Washington, California, there's a lot of, like, great talents that are up and coming. But I feel like there isn't there's like prestige obviously there's defy there's fsw but for some reason it just like feels different with the coverage for some reason if that makes sense yeah um i don't know like there's just for obviously i felt like wrestling probably started in the east coast right so yeah that's more dominant and there's just so much more promotions because it started over there first but i also think like the pandemic helped the west coast back a lot too because um during 2020 a lot of wrestlers moved out of the West point. Coast, more work in the East Coast, but I was like, you know, I'm glad I stuck it out because, I, like, I feel like the West Coast is thriving right now. We have so many great promotions going on and a lot of people from the east coast are finally hearing about it so i'm happy about that <laughs> i am very very happy to you mentioned the pcw ultra women's championship that you just defended against decorated veteran sumi sakai for the second time might i add but this time it was on her official retirement tour which you got to be a part of so can you tell us about that moment which you described as an honor it's just an honor to just wrestle Sumi Sakai because she's the first, you know, women of honor champion, period. There's, you just don't even say anything else. She's the first one. So that's an honor in itself. But also just the 20 years that she's put in has been amazing. And I wish she, you know, more people knew about her, more people will give her the credit that she deserves. And um, 
my first match with her, I was not ready. I didn't even know. 2019, gonna... late 2019, I recall, I believe. Yeah, late 2019. I had no idea that I was wrestling her that until I showed up that day. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when I showed up, I obviously wasn't, you know, I felt like I didn't know who I was yet at the time as a wrestler and also not knowing that I was going to wrestle really like mess with my like you know your mental like how you prepare yourself before a match you you want to know when it's coming up not like oh last minute and then you go on I mean of course I wasn't going to miss out on the opportunity but I took it and I wasn't ready then but this time around like it just felt good to like get that approval from her that I've grown a lot and it's almost like her passing the torch to me so it's it's a huge honor what would you say I I don't know because I feel like it's one of those situations where it's not every day you get to be in like the ring with like a 20-year veteran like a Sumi Sakai you said that like you've learned and you've grown so much from her was there anything like particularly you took away either like from the match or something that she actually like told you or you, you watched just from I think the way she controlled me in 2019, if you ever watched the match, I think it's on YouTube somewhere, just the way how she controlled me, she definitely showed who was vet then. But I think I gave her a run for her money this time. So <laughs> you, you did. You were about you were about a year, a year plus in at that point. So definitely still pretty fresh into your career, yeah. but already like four or five years now into it it's it's crazy to see how much you've accomplished and rightfully earning your spot atop one of the pwi slots but i mean we're talking about championships miss you've collected not one not two not three but five over the last year with obviously pcw fsw big time wrestling ntll and awf so firstly where do you even store all of your gold honestly (laughs) I usually have it hanging on this wall right here, but since I did come back from traveling recently, I haven't put it, them back up yet. But that's where I usually store them on the wall or on the shelf. I do have a bunch of like title holders too. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I, I think you are the only person other than like maybe a, a high on right now that I'm thinking of like on the independent wrestling scene that has like multiple, multiple championships at once. What is like, what do you think? Like when you're just looking at it, do you ever reflect and be like, damn, I really did all of that. Um, I'm grateful for it every day. I look at it. That's why I hang them up, which I need to do. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I hang them up so that I can look at it every day because I remember there was, a time where I was just wishing for just two titles and then just working at it and working mm-hmm. at it, putting my head down, just making sure getting all my reps in, in the Indies. And I looked up one day and I was like, wow, I'm actually collecting a lot. Like let, let's see how long I can keep it. <laughs> I know. And now you're the five belt champion of the world. Do you feel like being a champion, obviously when you first started out, you actually got a championship pretty early into your career, about a year into your career. So you were kind of like, thrust into that championship caliber pretty quickly do you think that being a champion has taught you anything in particular or felt like has helped elevate you in any way I learned that it is not the title that makes a champion it is the champion themselves like you I feel like the person has to make it meaningful or else it's just it's just a prop you know what I mean so that's one of the things that I I learned and I like try my best to just show everyone what I'm made of and not let that not let the belts make me who I am 
And I feel like you have definitely established your own unique identity. Like you're the face of the West. You're the first ever Vietnamese American female professional wrestler. You are the five belt champion. You're the hellbent vixen. You also have hellbent glam. I feel like you're a really well all arounder. Like you're not, you're not, you're like a quadruple. I think you're a five way threat too, as well. (laughs) Just in, in life. And, pro- and you model too. I mean, you just do it all, to be honest. I don't know how you keep up with it, but most recently you captured the FSW Women's Championship in Las Vegas. So, I mean, how does that feel now knowing you hold gold in three different states now and further adding to your legacy as the face of the West? Um, FSW has been a great promotion. They've treated me with such care when I first started there. I did not think that I would ever get a chance uh, to be a champion there one day. I don't know why. Really? It, just never, it never crossed my mind because at the time when I started, it was a women's tournament. Yeah. So, like, there's so many girls here. I'm just happy to be here, you know? And as time went by, I kept coming back. I kept coming back. And eventually, like, you know, I had a title shot. So I went for it. And um, I'm very grateful. FSW is is also another prestigious title on the West Coast, and I'm very happy. I mean, Taya Valkyrie used to hold this title too, you know. <laughs> Maserati, Sandra Moon. It comes a long list of of and great Starks. You know, yeah. There's, there's a list of girls that held the title. Of course, and I mean, because of your massive massive success, five championship reigns, and now a wrestler on the PWI Women's 150 list, how do you think that next year, you finally earned your spot this year, but how will you better or elevate yourself even more so you can keep keep climbing those ranks, Viva? I guess I uh, got to keep collecting more titles. <laughs> Viva 10 belts. I don't know what your nickname would be at that point, um, <laughs> but we got to think about it. <laughs> We'll think about it <laughs> when, when when we cross that bridge. <laughs> it, it's fun, too, because you are one who's like all around the West Coast integrating. It's it's crazy. You're still only four years in, but I feel like there's been like a surplus of like newer talent or people who have now just re- getting on the rise, like a Milo, like a Sandra Moon, like an Alice Blair, Mighty Myra, Jin Savani. The, lin- the list goes on and on, honestly. But looking forward to like this next year, I feel like you've established yourself. This was your year in the West. Like there's no doubting that. Who are some certain talents that you have been really impressed with or you think should be on other people's radar going forward? Going forward, I definitely think... uh Sandra Moon for sure she's someone that's been killing it in the west coast as well and also just representing west coast Milo um trying to think Johnny Robbie is another west coast girl that's been killing it so I think she's if she makes a list soon I I I see it coming I'm so excited for the West Coast. I feel like it's just blossoming. Like the uh, the pandemic, I think, feel like really held it back a bit because California was shut down for a yeah. while. But you got some good vets up in there too with Ruby Rays, Delilah Doom, and all of that. And I feel like you've been holding down the fort very steadily in the West Coast. And I'm really looking forward to whatever you achieve next year, to be honest with you. Well, thanks. <laughs> and I feel like too, I mean, we have to talk about obviously you have you're you're pretty glammed up, I would say. Um, you're a pretty glam person, but I want to talk about your ring gear too, because I'm obsessed with it. I mean, the dark hellbent, sometimes punk metal vibe you got going on there. So what are some of your main sources of inspiration or stories behind your ring gear? I'm very intrigued. 
my ring gear how did I I just know that like I wanted to incorporate metal heavy metal into it right but I also love like comic book characters like Lady Death you know comic book characters like that like just not not obviously not as revealing as Lady Death if some of you know who she is but but I would incorporate that with like what I like to wear in a day-to-day basis so it was very hard explaining it to my gear maker but he was able to create it better than I could even imagine so I can't even take the credit for it (laughs) so shout out to to my gear maker yeah I'm obsessed with like obviously (laughs) I mean red and black are pretty much stable I find it funny though that your favorite color is teal ironically oh yeah it is will you ever incorporate more teal into your gear um I don't know uh I feel like I incorporate the red because of my red shirt. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but teal in my gear, maybe one day. No, why not have a teal streak, Viva? <laughs> I mean, one day it's going to have to change, right? Yeah, I mean, they could, they got there. temporary color, so you could, like, test it out and then just wash it out if you don't yeah, like it. Also purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Um, I'll probably... I was thinking about that. I was thinking about my next gear color because I'm like, I'm always doing black and silver or red. So what about, you know, got to switch it up sometimes. Okay. Okay. A little tease maybe for the future. I'm I'm curious to talk about like comic book characters. I'm curious to know more about the art that's behind you here today. Oh, it's just a band poster or band panel. Yeah. This is the death metal band. One of my favorites, Dissection and Entombed. So that's oh. the artwork of their album cover. Mm, you used to be in a band yourself, but I, which I think is, I think is great. Do you still tune up? I mean, you probably don't have time for it to be honest, but do you still like tune up the band every so often? Oh man, I wish. <laughs> I mean, I do death metal vocals on my own. <laughs> but other than that, like, I do wish I had a. A band going but it's really hard to like be in a band when I'm always traveling you know mm-hmm. and it's I'm, also is it's hard being in a band in general like five different personalities are always clashing what was the biggest challenge for you when you were when you guys were active uh the biggest challenge I think it's been about eight years since I've been in a band okay eight seven years but at the time I felt like uh the guys in my band, they they loved having me as a vocalist, but they didn't respect me as a member because I was a woman. Were so you the and, only f- woman in the band? Yeah, woman in the band. So like every time I made a suggestion, they didn't value my opinion and stuff like that. So that's a battle of its own. I'm sure it's changed now. I haven't been around like the death metal scene as much. I, I don't really go out to shows as much because I'm always re- wrestling my whole life now. Yeah. But um, I hope that's changed for other female musicians because I do see a lot more now do you I feel like that kind of crosses over into pro wrestling too since it's like a male dominated thing I would I'm personally not that uh educated on death metal but it seems like it's kind of like a similar scenario where it's very male dominated so is that something that you've also experienced in pro wrestling too I would assume a little bit not as much I think when I came in, like, there's already women before me that have already established their place in the industry, so I didn't have to deal with it as much as some of the other women did, Um, but, yeah, it goes hand in hand with each other, death metal and doing wrestling, you're performing, so 
I get the same high that I would get on stage now in the ring. But except I only have to worry about myself and my opponent. <laughs> True. I, I'm very curious too, like you are a, a professional vocalist. Do you have like a go-to karaoke song or a song that you feel that you feel confident in? If I asked you, I'm not saying I would. If I asked you right now, you would be able to like pull off. <laughs> the thing is, I do have a song that I always go to when I when I start singing. But okay. the thing is, death metal vocals don't sound good acapella. <laughs> so without a band, it sounds pretty, pretty weird. <laughs> fair fair enough <laughs> and and we were talking about ring gear i mean you obviously have a great ensemble i f- i feel like i also like it because i identify with the colors too but also like the scheme just like fits you very well who else do you think has the best ring gear game or aesthetic in pro wrestling today i feel like uh oh i feel like i know you might say viperous but okay. she she has great gear but i'm curious to also know who else you'll say Vibrus is definitely one of them. Who else? I hate when I get asked questions like this because then I'm like, <laughs> I go blank. I don't know why I go blank, but there's plenty of people whose gears where I'm like, it's really good. Um, what's her name? Renee Michelle? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Her gear is beautiful. She I think pulls she off has- a lot of red too. Yeah, she does. And Kylan King's gear is also really good. Kylan's been really upping her game. She has, I think it's orange, orange and green, or it's like an orange and black going on right now. She's she been, has working yeah, for her. she's <laughs> been really stepping it up as the mother effing king. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know. Have you two squared off yet? I don't know the answer to that. We haven't. You not? Okay. But I would mm. love to one day. Mm. <laughs> she's been really dominant. Like I feel like everywhere except the West Coast. Now that I think about it. So uh-huh. somebody's got to book it. Mm. We got a middle, maybe. <laughs> the Hellbent Vixen versus the mother effing champ. Mm. Somebody's got somebody's to gotta book it. But I feel like a, another big part of your identity, besides being the Hellbent Vixen, the face of the West, is obviously being the first ever Vietnamese American female wrestler, to which I know one of your goals is to continue growing the Southeast Asian presence across all major promotions and you've had a few opportunities to do that yourself but can you give us a little more insight into why that presence is so important to you that presence is so important to me because growing up watching WWE I didn't have anyone that I can be like oh that person's just like me I can totally relate to them yeah there were Asian wrestlers but they weren't Vietnamese you know so I couldn't really identify myself as as being the same as them I mean a, a lot of people will probably be like oh they're but they're still Asian it's actually different you know we're all different there's so many different Asian cultures and we all speak different languages so I think just having a variety of different Asian people Southeast Asians uh the reason why I mentioned Southeast Asians because I feel like Southeast Asia is so behind in wrestling that they're finally getting their foot out. They're finally having shows. They're finally having schools. They've been around probably for under a decade. So I think it's important to just shine a light on Southeast Asia and Southeast Asian wrestlers to just give us a spot and give us an opportunity because we're here and we can go. How and would I'll- you, how would you, rel- how do you, at least in your years, how do you, how steadily do you think that the representation has grown? Like if you had to estimate 
Like, where do you think that you're at right now? Uh, I'd probably say 50% there. Okay. <laughs> 50 is a, is a number of the day. <laughs> fair, but fair maybe. enough. <laughs> but I, only reason why I say 50% there is because I have had like, you know, opportunities with the AEW and WWE here and there. So they have like given me an, a chance to show myself to the audience, but it would be a hundred percent when they finally sign more Southeast Asian people and put more Southeast Asian people on TV. That's when that would change. That that's yeah. what's important. And you said that you didn't really have a lot of people growing up that you could look to and really identify with, at least in the South Asian representation. So who then did you look up to or really resonate with when you were getting into the sport or really drew drew you in? Um I would probably say I was a huge Undertaker fan, but that's because I loved like horror movies and stuff yes. like that. But before uh, or after that, actually, uh, when I actually found out that SmackDown and WWF was really a thing, because I had first discovered WWF through the WrestleMania arcade game on PlayStation. So I was playing that for a few years as Undertaker. I didn't know that this thing was real until I talked to my friends about it in school one day. And they're like, oh, why don't you just watch it on Thursday nights on SmackDown when it was on Thursday? (laughs) And I was like, wait, you're telling me this is a real thing? Like, these are based off of real wrestlers? So when I started watching it, Stone Cold Steve Austin was my favorite because of his confidence, the I don't give a attitude and uh, I just wanted to be just like him the confidence that he had not caring about what other people thought because I was very insecure growing up as a kid Uh, I was bullied you know I was the only Asian girl at my school so I was bullied a lot I stood out I guess but you know that that's who I looked up to of course and you you've grown so much as as a woman as a wrestler i mean you're like we said you're a ceo of hellbent glam and all of that you're a model you you've done just so much you've been in a band like honestly if you could acquire like one new skill assuming you had the time what is one thing that you've like always wanted to dip your toe into or at least explore one of the things that i would like to probably well, there's two things that I would like to get back into is acting. I did acting and I took a break from it, but I would love to get back to that one day and maybe finally starting that band, you know, like, and keep it going. <laughs> maybe an all women band. How about that? Mm. <laughs> I I know there's people, not that you have to dip into this, but I, you know, it's crazy. There's actually a lot of wrestlers who are surprisingly like very musically gifted. Yeah, there are. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll have to restart your own band sometime whenever you have time. I don't I don't know when that will that'll be. Hey, that's the thing. I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but you mentioned acting. I honestly didn't even know any of this. Was it film, commercials, improv? What kind of acting were you into and when what point of your life was this? Uh this was probably be- this was before music. Okay. So this was like back in 2010 2011 I was doing a lot of extra work and um one of the shows that I showed up on a lot well I don't even think they picked it up but it was a pilot for Diary of a Teenage Nobody and at that time I had half blonde and half black hair and they used me a lot because all they needed me was to keep walking back and forth down the hallway 
but I look like a completely different person on each side because I had two different hair colors. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I think is on YouTube. So Diary of a Teenage Nobody, see if you guys can find me. Interesting. What would you say is the, the most proud work or memorable experience you had in acting? That was probably it. Okay. Because uh, that I got rewarded with two SAG vouchers after that. There you go. So I was like, I just needed one more to get that SAG card, but I didn't keep it going. So that's on me. <laughs> Fair enough. But to close things out, 2023 is right around the corner coming up very shortly. We have nothing but high hopes for you. Um, Maybe besides starting your band, maybe, what are some of your personal and professional goals you'd like to accomplish over the next year? My professional goal is to have that contract. <laughs> with either promotion mm -hmm. a major promotion so I can do it full-time I mean I am doing it full-time but yes. you know be more stable I guess you can yes, say I guess. and um my personal goal would probably be to buy a house for my family that oh <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean that's an amazing goal to have too and I feel like once you reach that point of contract which I I don't doubt that you will achieve very very soon there you you I feel like it's just up it's just up from here for you honestly thank you <laughs> and before we let you go can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias you guys can find me on tiktok twitter ig and facebook at hellbent vixen well thank you so much for joining me today viva I guess I'm kind of curious too is are you officially maybe planning more of a, a launch for hellbent glam or is that kind of also like a little bit on the back burner <laughs> <laughs> so my my website still has stuff for yes. sale it's just I haven't released anything new okay that's also because I haven't had time to Fair. release new products Fair. you you have some <laughs> really <laughs> nice eyeshadows body glitters chokers so highly suggest checking that out Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining me here exclusively on WrestleZone Viva again. Congratulations, number 50, your debut on the PWI Women's 150 list. That is such an accomplishment. And who knows, maybe next year you'll double your belt count. Who knows? Let's Viva 10 belts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you so much again. Thank you.